0: Hello everybody and welcome to the For The Win podcast. I am your host, Charles Curtis, and I am here uh, to, uh, to talk NBA playoffs because we have to talk about LeBron, and we have to talk about uh, what's going on out west, and I am here with our video guy, but also a guy who knows a ton about the NBA uh, at For The Win, it's Evan Thorpe. Evan, what's going on?
1: What's up, Charles? Ready to talk some LeBron. Let's
0: do it. Uh, but before we get to that, this time of year as you know, brings us two things, graduations and Father's Day, and the gifts that go along with them. Before you buy dad another tie or that grad a balloon that will probably float away, ask yourself this, does my dad or grad like wings or sports or better yet, both? If the answer is yes, then get them a Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. Right now, if you purchase $30 worth or more in store or online, they'll give you a $5 bonus to keep for yourself. That's a gift that gives back. How generous of you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Evan. Let's talk about this. Is LeBron James a human being or not? I don't think so.
1: no (laughs) way can be 33 years old, but playing like they're 23 and, what is he, 6'8",
0: 280? (laughs) Yeah, a tight end size, basically. He's basically the size of
1: the uh, Eagles tackle they drafted in the seventh round.
0: It's absurd, isn't it? Like, just to see what he's doing. Um, and and I've, I've written about this a little bit. We've talked about it a lot. Just how LeBron is doing this at age 33 with all the minutes that he's played in the 15th season that he's played. And he's basically carrying the seam on his back. Can he keep going like this, do you think? I mean, you think about it.
1: Uh, I read something where he does yoga. You know, he's really focused on keeping his body, you know, the best condition possible so i wouldn't be surprised if we see this five years down the line where maybe not as explosive but you know he can continue to have 20 plus points 10 rebounds 10 assists and it's just you know at this point it's just lebron james being lebron james
0: yeah well it's funny you bring that up because i think about lebron and this sort of debate that's ongoing that we're never going to hear the end of and it's fun to do i admit it it's fun but the debate of like lebron versus MJ And you start to think about like, well, wait, like if Michael Jordan had the kind of, I don't know, you know, the, the medicine that we have today, the the, the way that, um, you know, the, the sort of the advances in technology and statistics to kind of help you with rest and whatnot. Like, would Michael Jordan have been better? And I think the answer is yes, um, in terms of just like the way that you're talking about LeBron taking care of his body and knowing, you know, the best ways to rest and things like that. Right. Does that all kind of make sense to you? Yeah, I got
1: a personal theory. I feel like Jordan got bored after the first three-peat. That's why he left. Mm. So if Jordan never was bored with the sport and he continued to play, will we even have the conversation is, is LeBron just as good as Jordan? Or will we just flat out say, like, no, Jordan is the best. LeBron is playing for second with people like Kobe, Kareem, and your magics.
0: Yeah, or, or Larry Bird. I mean, you, there's a whole conversation to be had. I, I think personally that if you just really want to compare the two, that I'm okay with saying they're the top two players of all time when all is said and done. And we haven't even talked about the fact that LeBron, A, isn't done in this playoffs, and B, his career isn't—it's far from over. So by the end of it, we could be talking about more rings, we could be talking about— uh you know where he is on the scoring charts and rebounds all time and assists and it's like like what we're watching right now I hope people are really appreciating it yeah
1: because it's one thing where you know you just see you know teams have short runs of you know three four times going to the finals or a player might have a dominant four or five years but LeBron can say that he's had at least 12 good years in the NBA, and it started all the way back to that first run with Cleveland. You know, he didn't get over the hump, but you know, he made it to the finals, MVPs. Then he went to Miami, and you know, that's when the the winning and all the Jordan comparisons started. But this man is like we like we started off with. He's an alien. He's a mo- he's a monster.
0: <laughs> I and I I want to add something to that though because I think the debate about you know LeBron versus MJ, it took like this giant halt. When he was in Miami, it was like, oh, no, like, MJ, did MJ play on a super team? And I'm like, what about Scottie Pippen? Like, can we talk about Scottie Pippen? Do, can we talk about, you know, he, he had a team, that first championship team that I loved, like, BJ Armstrong. Like, he had a good supporting cast. Like, it wasn't like it was MJ and nothing else. And, and so I think that, you know, we can talk about, like, that LeBron team with Kevin Love a couple years ago that won. Uh, it's a little similar, but Kevin Love is not Scottie Pippen. Like, that's the thing that I'm taking away is, like, LeBron is doing a lot of this stuff, you know, starring by himself. And it's just a, – a ma- it's magical to watch.
1: I think the, the thing that, like, a lot of people my age talk about – because, you know, my age is probably LeBron lovers. Yeah. And Oh, well, look at this team. He doesn't have this much help right now. But he's always had at least two All-Stars. Where Jordan, I think, you know, he got Dennis Rodman probably, you know, when he was just a great role player. There's nothing else. He was good for defense, rebounding. And he's never, he never was a 20-point scorer. But, like, he got a lot of players to come over once they realize, like, all right, this is my time to just get a ring with somebody. Or, you know, I'm playing – I want to play with the greatest guy in the league right now. And LeBron is getting the same thing. But it's just his players are younger wanting to play with him. And, you know, you get – he gets the old all-stars like Ray Allen when he's two years from retiring – and people don't really look at it like, oh, Ray Allen—he's old now. He's not that good. But you look at Ray Allen—he made probably the most clutch shot in LeBron's uh, NBA career yeah. with that three versus Spurs.
0: That was a, an unreal play. And and by the way, how old are you, Evan? We should tell listeners.
1: I'm 24. I'm
0: uh, close
1: to hitting the two five, but. You know, I'm in my Kobe year right now.
0: <laughs> there you go, your Kobe year. I'm, and I should mention to listeners, I'm, I'm a uh, 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 30, almost 36. <clears throat> so I lived. You know, I, you were younger, obviously, than me to watch Michael Jordan. I think, like my generation, I think that's a great call. Is like all about like, oh no, Michael's the greatest. I think other people do agree with that. But I think I was sort of like two years ago, like, come on, everybody give me a break. Like, LeBron might end up being a top five player of all time, but he's—no one's going to dethrone Michael Jordan. And now—I don't think he's dethroning him, but I don't think the conversation is as ridiculous as it seems because of just what LeBron can do on the court day in and day out and night in and night out. And especially in this playoffs where I said to myself, "Uh, man, there's— there's got to be a point where he gets exhausted or there's got to be a point where that supporting cast isn't enough against a deeper team like the Raptors who have a great bench. And he just blew right through that in, with a sweep. It, and, and you know, he could face the Celtics the next round who have a similarly deep team, and he could blow right through them too. So it's uh, it, it's nuts.
1: Yeah, especially like you talk about it. That game one where it came out, he was tired, they just played – a day before uh, the Game 7 versus Indiana. And even though, you know, you didn't get your best LeBron, he was still the best player on the floor. And, you know, I think that Game 1 win, it ended the series because, one, you had a a rested, not fully rested Toronto team, but a team who came in. Everybody thought, this is the year. They finally get over the hump. Similar to the Washington Capitals last night, Mm -hmm. you know get over the hump, which is LeBron James and, you know, the, the prime time to take at least one game and set the momentum for the series, you didn't get it and then in game two, you got a magical LeBron performance game three, you got a love and LeBron performance, I think that was the most combined place they had mm-hmm. as teammates and in game four, you had Jr. I think he started off six for six Yeah, he the whole time
0: if, if, if they got that from Jr. every game i feel a lot better about the Cavs, and i feel like kevin love while he is a great player at times it's just when he disappears it's like what else are you going to do what you know what other options do you have i mean kyle korver is a little long in the tooth but he's he's not necessarily like your your number two option um and it's just it's just an incredible run i wanted to to ask you uh, you know you're a philly guy right Are, are you from philadelphia originally
1: no, I'm from Richmond, but the first two teams I like were because of players. So McNabb and Iverson were like my- Oh,
0: there we go. So that explains it. Okay, because I've always wondered that. I'm like, you know, Evan's a big Philly guy, but he's not from Philly. So that's good. I mean, Allen Iverson, great. Obviously, uh, I would, I think as a young person, I would also feel like, oh my God, like watching this guy play. Um, how do you feel about the, the the Sixers? Now, they haven't lost yet. They just won a game. They staved off a sweep. Um Do you feel like them losing is okay at this point with the sort of the trust the process Sixers?
1: I heard Kenny Smith say last night that uh, the best thing for the Sixers to do is to lose now, Mm -hmm. and that's how you reshape your focus and you have that hunger. And I think the fact that they won game four at home, it kind of was like a salute to the fans, like, hey, we weren't even supposed to be here at the beginning of the season. Uh, Midway through the season, people wrote us off got some good trades in, uh, you know, Marco Bellinelli, uh, Ersan Ilyasova, those are two huge pickups. But I think if, you know, they were to lose game five, you know, it's in Boston, you have, you're going up against the, probably the next Greg Popovich of coaches in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to lose and you get that hunger, you get that chip on your shoulder because this is a young team. I think, you know, all the core guys are under 24 years old. So if you go into the offseason, with, you know, a gentleman's sweep against a team who will likely be the the guys that you have to go up against and overcome in order to get to the finals. I would love it if players go into the offseason saying, like, all right, this is what I need to do. Ben Simmons, I need to get a jump shot. Embiid, uh, I need to get my stamina up. You know, if, if the loss can lead to a future of championships, I'm happy for it. But if it's a loss and it's just like, you know, we don't get over the hump, we turn it to Toronto. I, would
0: yeah. hate. I mean, I, that is possible, but I, I argue like losing is part of the process if we want to get into trust the process stuff. If you lose, you'll learn what you did wrong. I mean, I think that you saw it in that uh, game, what was it, game four uh, shot? We, no, they just played game four, right? It was, so it was, it was game three. Game three. The,
1: That's right. The, I mean, like, you, game three, I think, will be like the blueprint on what not to do as yep. a young team. Don't turn the ball over three times in the last two minutes uh, on defense. you Sometimes you just have to realize what's going on. Don't switch, you know, a weaker wing onto their probably second best score or best score right now with Kyrie out, not Al Horford. And, you know, just a little mistakes. If, if you're going to throw a pass, make sure you can see the person before you just throw the ball and. Then somebody ends up hitting it out and stealing it. So it's just the mental mistakes. You know, you can't get away with it too much. Like, you can't keep saying, oh, they're young, they're young. Because next year, they'll be veterans. They'll be sophomores in the NBA and they'll be sophomores in the NBA playoffs. So, you know, the rookie stuff, you only can get away with it one time. And I think game three was the only time they can get, get away with it.
0: Yeah, and and right, like that's you take that tape and you say, okay, like here's what we did wrong, this, this, and this, like learn from it. And I think you learn more from losing than you do from from winning it all in your first season. And I don't think Philly was going to get past the the conference finals to begin with, uh, but I was rooting for them because it's so fun to see the trust the process Sixers blossom this way. I think losing would be the best thing for them, and I think uh, it, it sets up for a really interesting conference finals. Let's go west for a second. Actually, before we go west, we, we have to we have to jump in and hear from our sponsors. Uh, This episode of For the Win, the podcast, is brought to you by Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. Legendary sportscaster Dan Patrick, who you know from The Dan Patrick Show and ESPN and SportsCenter and Sunday Night Football and, and everything else, has teamed up with Full Sail University to offer an accelerated bachelor's degree in sports casting. Uh, Full Sail University combines hands on learning, immersive projects, and faculty with real world experience to prepare students for life in the media industry. And for the Dan Patrick School of Sports Casting, they've brought in some of sports media's. Best to be part of the program. Longtime ESPN producer and multi Emmy winner Gus Ramsey is heading up the program, and sports casting pros such as Sage Steele, Jay Harris, Bill Simmons, and many more are involved. Students will learn sports casting inside and out, on camera, behind the camera, podcasting, radio, interviewing, and everything else in between. At Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, you can earn a bachelor's degree in about half the time, as short as 20 months, and you can choose to earn your degree online or at Full Sail's campus in Orlando, Florida. To learn more about Full Sail University's Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsail.edu slash FTW. All right, we're back here with Evan Thorpe, who knows a ton about the NBA, who grew up loving Allen Iverson, who is a Philly fan despite growing up in Richmond, Virginia, and what do you think? I mean, we we can't necessarily talk about the conference finals in the West. But don't you assume that Houston will close out and the Warriors will close out and it's going to be the best series ever?
1: Yeah, I think both teams got uh, their opponent's best shot in Game 3. You think about uh, Utah with Donovan Mitchell, you know, play lights out. I think theirs was Game 2. But the fact that they came into Utah and really just blew them out. I mean, it was – it wasn't really a contest when the second quarter came. I think CP3 uh, really is showing, like, how useful he is right now because, you know, he was injured at the beginning of the year. But then when he came back, they had a, a long winning streak. I think at one point him, Capella, and Harding, Harding in the lineup were undefeated. So you're starting to see they're preparing and getting ready for the potential showdown with the Golden State Warriors who, you know, passed four years have taken over the NBA after hiring Steve Kerr.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really – and and it's hard, again, like we're, we're taping this on a Tuesday. When you listen, folks, you know, it might be over. But I am so pumped if it happens for Houston and Golden State because I think that will be a better series than whatever the, the NBA Finals will be because the winner of that series inevitably will – and I say this, you know, we'll beat the, the, the final, you know, the, the, the folks from the Eastern Conference. But, you know, we're still talking about how amazing LeBron is. What if LeBron, like, carries them over Golden State? I don't think it happens. But let's go back to this idea of the series, right? Like, Houston is built, finally, with that offense, with that balance, with, you know, that amazing backcourt. And then they can go inside and out if they want to with Capella. Uh, and they have all these defensive guys coming off the bench. Like, do you think Houston can can take down uh, the the Dubs here? I think
1: uh, it's it's not as easy saying like, oh, LeBron can easily upset the Celtics or he can easily upset Toronto. It'll be so hard because one of two things is going to have to happen: the Rockets will have to be on fire from downtown to the point where Golden State can't help. Or they find a way to slow down Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. Because even if you shut down one, you still have two. Well, if you shut down two, you still have the other one. And sometimes the other one can just lead the team by himself and win the game for him. So one of two things have to happen. And, you know, Houston doesn't play defense. So it's literally going to be 145 to 138 final scores, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and that'll be insane. Like, I can't wait. It's just going to be all offense all the time. It's just going to be bombing from downtown. And I think the big X factor is is, uh, is Steph Curry, completely healthy. And it seems like he is. Uh, but but the idea that, that, you know, we have a Steph Curry maybe not at 100%, that gives Houston just, like, Maybe a slightly bigger edge here, and I wouldn't. I I think Harden is just going to. uh, He's been sort of saving it up for this series. I I am fully. I I think it'll go seven games. I think it'll be just you know these three hundred point you know between the two of them explosions. I mean, wishful thinking, but uh, right. It's it's going to be truly thrilling, and I think then the NBA Finals will be a snoozer in in turn because of that.
1: I think that uh, especially with Houston. The one thing Golden State is going to figure out, I have to figure out, who is Steph Curry going to check? You're going to have Clay on CP3. You probably have KD on Harden. But one thing go, uh, the Warriors do, they find that mismatch and they will screen James Harden thirty times in twenty four seconds just so he can have a mismatch. I saw the ball with all of all of your shooters on the wings and corners, and then a high pick and roll. Like, how do you defend that? We've seen the Hamptons lineup with Iguodala. Uh, KD, Steph, Dre, and, and Clay, But somehow, someway, I feel like you're going to see a lot of matchups with Steph Curry, either guarding the screener or guarding James Harden. And at that point, what do you do if you're Golden State? Because if you leave somebody, you're giving up a potential wide open three. But if you don't help, the screener roll might lead to an easy, easy lob. And we've seen the struggles they've, they've had with uh, Anthony Davis. And Capella's not on Anthony Davis' level, but he's, do, he's good at two things rebounding and catching lobs. Yep. And if Go State cannot defend that, you might see a lot of mismatches and, and, and troubles on that defensive end for Go to State.
0: You make a really good point about that Houston offense and, and folks like that. That was a great. Summary that Evan made right there. Uh, when I when they acquired CP3, I wrote a whole kind of breakdown using like one clip of like, okay, here's what Houston's offense looked like before Chris Paul. Now you add in the fact that Chris Paul is a lights out shooter, and yes, like he wasn't an off the ball shooter. You know, he's he's a guy with the ball in his hands, but now, yeah, like when the the screen comes, they have five different things they can do to you. Including the lob in to to Capella, who is one of my sort of favorite underrated. I guess now he's rated properly rated, but underrated players because he is sort of the guy in the middle who he's the threat. It, it, as long as he's there, you have to worry about him, right? It's not like he's he's a, a I don't know like a, a, he's not like a guy you don't have to worry about in the middle. Like you genuinely have to to defend against the lob or the the pass inside on on the screen and roll. Um, but, yeah, the offense is that impressive, and I, I'm I'm excited. Do you think that, that Golden State, though, like, is still the, the team to beat? And, and, and do you think, like, Kevin Durant sort of stepping up the way he has, like, that spells doom for every other team?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I think that's the most unguardable person as far as just, like, putting a defender in front of him. Because if he's not tall enough, he's shooting over him. And we've seen that with how Holiday guards him. Holiday strong for the Pelicans, but Katie's just shooting over top of him.
0: Right, they not put, tall enough.
1: They put Anthony Davis on him. He's tall enough, but he's slower. So if you're Houston, you have a Ariza who has length. He has some size to him, but not the height. And then Tucker the same way. You know, he's tough, but he's not tall enough. So who are you going to put on him? Because you have to put one of those two players – because nobody else is tall enough or even physical enough to, to guard him. James Harden's not going to do it. Uh, I doubt they want CP3 on him. Because then you got to think about foul trouble. Because if KD decides to post up or you know take you off the dribble and rise up, he's really good at rising up at the right time when you reach, getting a foul. And if you have CP3 or Harden in foul trouble, you're taking away a ball handler and likely overplaying the other person.
0: Yeah, and and uh, I wouldn't know what to do there. I mean, I'm, I'm no NBA coach, but this is the thing that I'm also excited about is the coaches who are left. Uh, you know, t- let's face it. Like, I, I don't know how people feel about Tyronn Lue, but, uh, but we have Brad Stevens, you have Steve <laughs> Kerr, and you have, I like that you laughed at. And you have, uh, and you have Mike D'Antoni, and and just getting those minds as potentially the the final four teams. Um, it like it's it's going to be like really fascinating to see how the the sort of the mind games work behind the scenes. And I I I, I don't know if you agree with me, but um, you know, and Tyron Luda to his credit has has tried his best to keep that team together. He's obviously had some health problems during the year, but. You know, to me, like, it, it's always seemed like LeBron has has sort of had his hand in the coaching as well. I, I, and I'm speculating. I don't have any reported stuff on that.
1: Yeah, I, I really think uh, – here's my thing. Boston could be the sleeper for NBA champions without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward just because of how smart of a coach Brad Stevens is. Yeah. If, like, people don't realize – He's probably one of the most successful coaches against the Warriors. And the thing is, he finds your weakness, and we've seen it in the series with the Sixers. He's forcing Ben Simmons to shoot the ball, and Ben Simmons is not going to do it. So it's taking out an element. He takes out one of the key elements of your team and basically force you to either adjust or force your way when he has the scrappy players who fit his scheme on defense. And then his offense is just, you know, it changes game to game. So I think Brad Stevens could be the sleeper coach to win the finals this year. Of course, we know how good Steve Kerr is. We see Dan Tony implement his system. And this is similar to what he had with Phoenix where, you know, it's just so much offense. But, you know, when, it, when it's time to play defense, he has the players, but will he know how to how to use them? And then with LeBron, I mean, Him and Lou together, I mean, that's just like co-coaching. It's like co-parenting, you know. (laughs) LeBron knows what to do, and I think Lou is helpful for the guys who might not understand what's going on at the moment, especially with, you know, all the young guys they picked up at the trade deadline. I mean, he's on the sideline to prepare them while in the game LeBron is going to coach them while the game is going on.
0: Well said. Uh, Final thoughts here, Evan. Who is winning the NBA Finals? Make your pick. All right, you put me on the spot. I got yep. Golden
1: State, Boston in six.
0: Okay, I will say the Houston Rockets. Wow, because I'm I, I don't think it's gonna happen, but I really want it to happen just so just for fun. Uh, I will take the Houston Rockets over the Boston Celtics in seven games, and this is just hopeful, wishful thinking. I, I think Golden State probably on, is gonna on. repeat. Did
1: you say Boston
0: too? Yeah, I, I think they can. Wow. I, I think LeBron, I think, let me put it this way. I think LeBron at some point has to run out a little bit of gas. I think Brad Stevens is really smart. I think the Celtics are deep. And I'm going to eat my words when it's Golden State and Cleveland one more time. <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean,
1: the, the, not this past series, but the season before was a great final. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just tired of watching those two teams, it's it's like the same storyline all the time. LeBron oh, yeah. gets down. LeBron's trying to fight back. Is he going to be able to, or, or is he not?
0: Yep, we will see. Well, thank you, Evan, for joining us. Evan, what's your, what's your Twitter handle for everybody? Uh, I am
1: E underscore Thorpe22. Uh, if you follow me, you're going to get a lot of retweets and a lot of, you know, anger. I, I like to yell at, at, at my team's losing, so you're going to get <laughs> a lot of, like, oh my God, Robert Covenant misses a layup and misses a three and and didn't steal a ball or oh my God, I can't believe that Nick Foles is winning a Super Bowl right now.
0: All right, well, we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to the NBA Finals. Thanks for being on, Evan. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you.